lecture topic Hajj advices Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina istafa Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Brothers and sisters, this is a very, very Mubarak gathering. It's a gathering of those who are embarking on this very great pillar of deen. Those who are on the preparations of going for Hajj. This is indeed a very, very Mubarak gathering. Allah Ta'ala grant us all the blessings of this and make it a means of every khair and barakat. Among all the ibadats that Allah Ta'ala has ordained upon us, there is a very unique ibadat. Other ibadats have a recurring situation where the farz of salah recurs five times a day. Or if it's each farz independently, then every day it will come. Fajr today was farz, tomorrow will be farz also. The day after as well. So five times a day salah is farz. Fasting is farz only in the month of Ramadan, but every year the month of Ramadan comes. Zakat, if a person has the means, the nisab, and the amount that zakat becomes compulsory on, then every year zakat, as long as he has the nisab, it will become farz upon him. Hajj, there is only once in a lifetime that hajj is farz. There is no two opportunities that a person has to perform this farz. A person may perform 50 hajj in his life, but the farz hajj is only the first farz hajj that he performs. In that sense, this is very, very unique that that opportunity to perform this farz never comes twice in a person's life. Other ibadats which are farz, he will get the opportunity repeatedly to do it. Obviously if a person never had the means, hajj doesn't even become farz. But if it becomes farz too, it's never twice. So this is that one aspect to be borne in mind, that there is only one opportunity to fulfill the farz hajj. A person is embarking on the first Hajj, then that is the first and the last opportunity to the first. That won't come again. So in any case, this is the mindset with which a person has to approach the fulfillment of this great Ibadat, that this is the only opportunity. And when a person has only one opportunity to do something, there is no second chance. And obviously, he does the best. The person, somebody tells him, look, this is one opportunity you have of doing something and there's a tremendous profit that can come out of it, but this is the only chance, there won't be a second chance. This is it. This 
opportunity of this business in this particular place, in this heart of town, in the most busiest part of town, you just have this one week to do it, then after it close, you're not going to get it for the rest of your life. So then the person puts his every bit of effort into it, his heart and soul into it, puts everything else aside, that come with me, we have to make the maximum of this, because it's not going to come again. And this is such a spot and such a place where the rest of the whole world also, you won't get that opportunity to make business like in this one week you want to get here. So then the person does his best. So likewise, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that a person can perform the Farb Hajj. Regarding the Hajj, there are many, many things that we need to acquaint ourselves of. Quite ourselves with these aspects, there isn't time to go into any of those details now. One is the aspect of the Masail, the various laws pertaining to the rights of Hajj. So it starts off from before we even set foot on the Mubarak lands from the time of Ihram, the various things already start becoming applicable to us. So those are the Masail that we obviously have to learn and know well. But the Masail of Hajj are very easy to remember, to learn. The basic Masail are very easy. There isn't too many things. Very few things actually. Yes, there are many details regarding, for example now, the contraventions of Ihram. Ihram itself is handful of Masail that pertain to a person entering into Ihram. But yes, there are numerous messiahs that pertain to that if a person made this mistake, then what? A person did that by chance, by mistake, then what? But the things to do are very, very few. person has to have the niyad. Obviously, he'll put his garments of ihram on in the case of males, the two pieces of cloth. And then he will make his niyad and decide the talbiya. He's in ihram. Now it's only the restrictions of Ihram that he has to be conscious of. So it's very simple. A person has to perform tawaf. There are very few aspects that he has to really bear in mind. Where the tawaf starts, what is the niyat, how to make the tawaf. The, he will make the hajira aswad, if he can kiss it, he will kiss it, otherwise he will make the istilam. As far as the du'as etc. to be recited, there is no compulsory du'a. Obviously, not one moment of that time has to be or can be afforded to be lost. But no compulsory du'a in that. The Muslim du'a between the Rukna Yamani and Hajri Aswad, Rabbana Atina fi dunya hasana. Other than that, there is no specification. So, very few, very simple things to do. After the tawaf is over, he's got the wajib tawaf to perform. Very few things. Then, in terms of sa'i also, there are very few things really to learn in terms of what has to be done. And then as far as the five days of Hajj are concerned, again very simple few things. In terms of when he has to go to Mina, the whole world at that time is going to Mina. Even if he doesn't know, he will get carried along. So even if he didn't know that when he has to go to Mina, he will already know that he has to move, otherwise he will get left behind. What he has to do in Mina is very simple, there is nothing really specific to do. He has to perform his five salah there. Then he has to move on to Arafat, what time he has to go, the whole world will be going that time there. So he cannot get left behind. The point in all this is, the actual masail of the things that need to be done, have to be done, are really very little. It's barely a few pages that can be filled in. 
and it's very simple yes there are many many details that come along with it especially in the aspects of if a person has missed out something a person because this happens once in a lifetime for most people and it, if a person is going repeatedly also through it's still once a, once a year so a person can forget sometimes he can make a mistake so all those things now what will be the outcome of that that has a lot of detail in it but the point is that the Messiah are very few comparatively and it really doesn't take much time to learn those Messiah too so in any case we should be doing that we should be reading some authentic book on the Messiah or listening to some talk that has been delivered regarding the Messiah itself some people conduct some lessons where there is a practical demonstration of the various aspects that have to be done Alhamdulillah we can participate in that it's done in the correct manner obviously so that's fine so that is one portion one part of it which is actually the easy part the very easy part because it doesn't take much time to learn it and if a person reads through it once it's not going to be necessary that he will remember everything also but as he goes along everything is going to happen at its time it's about time to enter into a haram you can refresh it it's about to now leave for Mina you can refresh what's to be done there likewise all the various things it's very simple to do it and there's people all the time that are there present who can be guiding us in terms of the Messiah there's many ulama kiram often present so that is a very simple part, that's the very easy part. But it requires nevertheless that a person takes the time and effort to learn that, listen to the details of that to whatever is available. The other part of Hajj is, which is the spirit and the reality of the Hajj. One is the actions of Hajj. So the actions of Hajj, every Hajj performs the actions of Hajj. But the spirit of Hajj is something else. And that is what is a very, very deep aspect. One person was going for Hajj, but it was a Nafil Hajj. Obviously the Farb Hajj is a Farb Hajj. His time is up in his first for a person, he must move. This person was going for a Nafil Hajj. So now when he was going for the Nafil Hajj, he came to his Sheikh. So the Sheikh asked him, where are you going? So he said, I'm going for Hajj. He was somebody who was still learning, he was still on the early steps of his Islam, etc. So, Arum Rahmatullahi calls this in a couplet actually, but this is the gist of it. So, the Sheikh said to him that, where you going? You come here. You will go there for Hajj, you will get Baitullah. And if you come here, meaning where you are being taught about how to progress in deen, you'll get Allah. In other words, you have not yet learned to recognize Allah Ta'ala. You have not let learned to recognize the, the, the being of the house. So now you're going to go to the house, but you haven't recognized the being of the house. You're not going to really appreciate where you're going. You're not going to be able to do justice to what is required of you there. <coughs> And generally, or if not generally, but often this is the case, that people come in the numbers to the Baytullah, but because they don't know the Rabbul Bayt, they haven't recognized Rabbul Bayt, they haven't recognized Allah, they haven't built a connection with Allah Ta'ala, as a result of that, 
let alone achieving something out of the ziyarat of Baytullah, the disrespect that is then shown there, the careless manner in which the person conducts himself there, they leave with a debit balance rather than a credit balance. What a person probably came with, he lost that as well on the way. So this is the aspect, one is the zahiri and the external part of hajj, which is the easy part. That is the easy part to learn and to practice on, and to fulfill and discharge. But the inner aspect of hajj depends on what degree of connection we have developed in our hearts with Allah Ta'ala. That is a very important part of this preparation of hajj. That from now, whatever time is left before our actual departure of hajj, that there is a concerted effort being made to develop this taluk with Allah Ta'ala. In this process and in this effort to develop this taluk with Allah Ta'ala, daily at least once a day, Surakat Nafil of Salatul Haja, Salatul Tawbah, Salatul Haja, making sincere Tawbah and Istighfar for whatever has passed in our life, begging Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness for all the past, and begging Allah Ta'ala's help, begging Him for Him. Koi tujhse kuch, koi kuch mangta hai, ilahi mein tujhse talabgar tera. This is a tremendously deep couplet to recite at Baytullah. Koi tujhse kuch, koi kuch mangta hai, ya Allah, somebody asking you for something and somebody something. Ilahi mein tujhse talabgar tera, ya Allah, I'm asking you for you. Meaning, ya Allah, I'm begging you for your muhabbat, for your love, for that taluk and connection with you. So from now, that should be a part of our daily program. That at least two rakas, two rakas the bare minimum, more the better. And Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq in this winter nights, the nights are long. Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq, wake up at the time of tahajjud. And at that time, this deep, sincere dua, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for the past and begging His help. That Ya Allah, this hajj must become hajj. This hajj must become hajj. One is the external hajj, that will be hajj. And inshallah the fard and the obligation will get discharged. But the real hajj is when it brings a transformation in a person's life, the life after hajj becomes far better than the life before hajj. That is the hajj that has been truly a hajj. That it transforms the person's zahir and batin. It transforms his whole thinking. It starts making him think in the line that Nabi Salaam has taught us to think. It starts making him think akhirat first, dunya afterwards. Before Hajj a person's mind might have been dunya first, akhirat later. And this manifests itself in many things. For example, sometimes we'll put the work of dunya first, we'll delay the salah for later. Now that is thinking dunya first, akhirat later. That Hajj should make the person's mind think akhirat first, dunya later. So now that preparation starts long in advance. Daily istighfar, excessive istighfar, apart from that Salatul Tawbah, Salatul Haja, excessive istighfar, a lot of dua, begging Allah to help for ourselves, for others, for whoever might be performing Hajj, and this is one thing to keep doing. In the Hadith Sharif it mentioned, the person who makes dua for others in their absence, Allah Ta'ala will appoint an angel, Allah Ta'ala appoints an angel to say Ameen to that dua. And that angel says, Walaka bi misal. May you also be granted the same. He gets in return the dua of the angel. Our dua, what is the level and what is the uh, sincerity in our dua? What is the extent of consciousness we will have that, in that dua? But by making dua for somebody in their absence, 
The angels will make the same dua for us. So now there will be millions of hujjahs there. And we make dua for everybody to be granted their hajj makbool, mabroor. So everybody's hajj to become a true hajj. Inshallah the angels will make the dua for us. They'll say, Amin to the dua for us, make dua for us. So that's what a wonderful way to get the dua of the angels for our hajj makbool, mabroor. So this is one very essential part of the preparation for hajj. Many a times the preparation for hajj, there's a lot of things that happen, there's a lot of paperwork to be sorted out, bookings to be made, and visa issues, and whatever else, and then there's a lot of the preparations in terms of whatever our requirements will be. So there's so many things happening, often the most important preparation gets left. These preparations are important, necessary. Allah Ta'ala has commanded that in the Qur'an Sharif. That you're going for hajj, take your provisions. Don't now go without any provisions and now you expect now everything will just fall into place. No, take your provisions. But remember, فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ taqwa. That the greatest and best provision is taqwa. That is a provision that now has, like provisions, a person has to prepare. There's a provision also, you have to prepare it. Meaning try to make the effort to enhance the taqwa. Because the taqwa is what's going to take a person on this journey in such a way that will make hajj hajj. Otherwise, unfortunately, very very tragically, many a times it happens and it's witnessed and seen that people are returning from hajj. Returning from hajj but already they have only still reached the airport. They still haven't even left from the airport. They haven't even uh, boarded the flight back home. Already missing the first salah. So that hajj was never hajj. It was just the external, inshallah the obligation is done right will get fulfilled. But in terms of that hajj becoming a hajj that transforms a person, it never happens. As a result, the first salah is getting missed. And therefore, this is something that the ulama say, if a person is going for nafil hajj, but supposing the person is going for that nafil hajj and it is such a situation that it's like a given that he's going to end up missing his first salah. That is not permissible for going for going to nafil hajj. Because he wants to go for nafil, he's going to miss his first. Now that is where it's going to be such a situation where that's, whatever the reason is, he might be prevented from that. Nobody gets prevented from it, but people go for nafil hajj and miss the first salah. So the more important thing is the faraiz. But now here is first hajj, mashallah, but people go for the first hajj, but then they're missing the first salah on the way back. The person barely is returning from Hajj, he's already watching all that, whatever, on that flight. Now he had a very, very intense time in Hajj, so now he is unwinding. So it means he never even got wound. Because it means that if he got wound in the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala, if that Hajj brought and infused in his heart and wound into his heart the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala, then this would be the furthest thing away from him. So to make that hajj a hajj, the preparation starts in this regard. This connection with Allah Ta'ala. So this requires this nafil salah, salatul tawbah, salatul haja, lot of istikhar, lot of dua. And together with that, to try and read up about the spiritual hajj. What is the spiritual hajj all about? Very, very beautiful and simple read in this regard, which is a must for every person undertaking Hajj, is the Fazail Hajj of Sheikh Ali. And we should try to make a point of reading this cover to cover. There's all the details about how to spend our time in Madinah Munawwara, 
how to spend our time in Makkah Mukarramah, what are the adabs and the etiquettes of these Mubarak places, and the days of Hajj itself, what is that supposed to achieve for us, and the Hajj of the various pious people are mentioned in there, which is an extremely inspiring thing, and which gives a person an inkling into what is the spirituality of Hajj, what is the reality of this Hajj, there's a lengthy incident about a person and the conversation he had with his sheikh that when you went for Hajj you did this, what did you experience and what did you feel, well it means you never went etc etc, it's a long detail. These are incidents mentioned in Fadayla Hajj, they are very very impacting on the heart which gives a person that uh, true inner feeling about it, that this is something not just a surface issue, something very deep. So the Fadayla Hajj should be held. Together with that, mashallah, over time there have been many many discourses, talks, bayans given on the topics of Hajj, which are available. In particular, what we would recommend is that we get the recordings. Nowadays everything is so simple, it's all just downloaded in minutes. Hadamani's Professor Rahmatullahi had given many talks on Hajj which are on his website. We should download that, listen to it. Likewise, Hazrat Mahabharata Rahmatullahi on the website of the Khanqa uh, and Azadwal there are those talks that are there you should try and download that, listen to that so these are, there's many others also we're just touching on a few of them there's one book in particular which we should try and acquire and read somebody downloaded it once uh, perhaps I might have mentioned it to somebody presently I can't recall this is a write-up of Hazrat Mahabhanzur Mamani Sahib Rahmatullahi which he had written about his about Hajj and in that is the account that Hazrat Mawla Abul Hassan Ali Nabi Rahimahullah had written about his Hajj which he included in this in a way he had enticed Mawla Ali Rahmatullahi to write about it which he was reluctant to do and he he didn't say he's not going to publish it anyway but he knew that if he says he's going to publish it he won't write it in some way he made him write it and then he wrote this excuse at the top that look I am publishing this without permission but I bear responsibility for this because he had poured his heart out into that of what really happened and what transpired a very very deep and inspiring read so some people had acquired this they found a translation copy on the internet somewhere and downloaded it inshallah I will give the detail to my smile later and uh, we can try and read this up as well Inshallah, this will also give us a very, very deep dimension of what this Hajj is all about. So these are things to read out, to, read, to listen to, and Inshallah, this will give us a lot of details, the practical uh, guidelines in terms of the five days of Hajj. There are many, many things which really can't be, in fact, fully understood by just reading. These are things understood best by being explained by somebody who has been experienced in this regard. So some of these talks that we will inshallah get hold of and listen to, these things are discussed as well. The practical guidelines with regards to the five days of Hajj. So here in this little time we are just giving the pointers of where to find this information and what to listen to, what to read. Then nevertheless just to discuss some general aspects in terms of this Hajj. In the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says that فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ فَلَا رَفَسَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ Now, 
this is a very very significant ayat of the Quran Shari. everything in the Quran Shari is very significant but in terms of the lesson of Hajj Allah is saying whoever has now undertaken the journey of Hajj he's now made this intention now I'm going for Hajj so there are three things that you must be very conscious about and when a person going for Hajj if we had to be asked now that I'm going for Hajj what should I do we'll start talking about so many things Allah says three things فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ فَلَا رَفَثَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ Now, we'll talk about tawaf, we'll talk about sa'i, obviously these are things of hajj. Allah Ta'ala says, look, you're going, don't commit any sin. Nothing indecent, and especially in terms of the restrictions of ihram, that there are certain things which are at other times in order, but they become restricted at the time of ihram, Various details in this regard which we would be familiar with. So, فَلَا رَفَثَ وَلَا فُسُوقَ Rafat refers to these kind of special, specific restrictions in the time of ihram, any indecency of any sort, and included in that the restrictions of ihram, and fusuq, any sin in general. And وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ And no quarreling and disputing. I imagine a person going for hajj, such a great ibadat. The Quran Sharif is telling him no quarreling and disputing. So he's going for hajj now, or he'll be quarreling and disputing. Allah Ta'ala's kalam is Allah Ta'ala's kalam. And we will keep trying to get into the depths of the meaning of it, we'll never reach the bottom even in a thousand years. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, فَلَا رَفَسَ وَلَا فَسُوقَ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ no indecency, no sin, no argumentation and disputation in disputing in Hajj. And this is what unfortunately becomes the order of the day, unfortunately. People are very lax in many things. Now the first thing, Allah says, Fala Rafal. This in primarily refers to the specific restrictions between spouses, etc. But if one considers it in a the, the, the application is broad. The word in the Quran Sharif is very general, Fala Rafas. Now people go for Hajj and many a times the caution that they had at home, that too is thrown to the wind in Hajj. People are traveling over extended periods of time now, traveling together, living together, people just get to know people there, etc. Now over time sometimes they become like one big family, and one big family, then all the restrictions of parda are suddenly all forgotten, whatever else. And what didn't happen at home starts happening in Hajj. So what a tragedy this is, what a disaster. Allah is highlighting that, that. Look, these things, one has to be hyper-conscious of it. And then, sometimes the person, even in the days of Hajj, Especially after, now, the first day people get to Mina, so the, everything is at a height, people are motivated now to start, still engage themselves, Arafat is still going to come, so now they're still burning up to that, so everybody is in a good spirit, mashallah that day gets passed in a very good manner, then Arafat, alhamdulillah, generally most of the time, people will be engaged in the amal, etc., and spending the time correctly, 
Then they will come back to Mina after the Muzdalifah and completed the Tawaf and Yarat and so on. Now they have to spend two, three days in Mina. Now they are tired. The only Amal day that is necessary is the pelting of the Jabarat. The rest of the day, now that will be at a specific time in the day they will go and fulfill that. The rest of the day, the night, people are wondering what are you going to do here? Sunnah of Rasulullah allows them to remain in Mina. Now somebody wants to now say, but now if I just come back in the last part of the night, if I come back here, if I stay in Mecca and travel and come, all ways and excuses to try and stay out of it. And then if you are there, unfortunately many a times it becomes like a kind of party atmosphere. The whole spirit of Hajj is getting killed while still in the days of Hajj. The days of Hajj haven't passed yet, the rites of Hajj haven't been completed yet. And the spirit of Hajj has already been killed right there. So that's an extremely important thing to now bear in mind in the eyes of the Quran Sharif Allah that I say now. Sometimes you see people are already now, in this time and age before, people were sitting and somebody reading newspapers. It's time to read Quran Sharif reading newspapers. Now nobody wants to buy any newspapers anymore. Everything, they got their phones with them. And what not is carrying on now in Mina? What is carrying on in Arafat Allah Sabbath? So, فَلَا رَفَسَ وَلَا فُسُوكُ وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ no arguments in Hajj. This whole journey is a journey. And the journey of Hajj has its own challenges. And a person who wants to make that Hajj, Hajj Maburur. This is one of the key factors that he has to keep himself completely away from any kind of arguments, any kind of disputes. He will be tested. He will get provoked from time to time. And this is what is in the Hadith of Rasulullah the same lesson. The Nabi Islam on one occasion gave the virtue of Hajj. Al Hajjul Mabrur, Laysa Lahu Jazaun illa al Jannah. That the Hajjul Mabrur, people going for Hajj, we give them dua, Allah Ta'ala make you, bless you with the Hajjul Makbul, Mabrur. Makbul, Makbul means accepted. Mabrur, what is Mabrur? Mabrur comes from Bir. Bir means virtue. Hajjul Mabrur of Hajj filled with virtue. Virtuous deeds. Now it's, in terms of the literal translation, it's clear, virtuous deeds. So all the amal are part of virtuous deeds. But the Sahaba understood there's something deeper in this. So they didn't take it on the surface only. When Nabi Islam gave this virtue, because Hajjul Mabrur, such a great reward. Laysa lahu jazaun illa al-jannah. Nabi Islam says the only reward or compensation for this is only jannah, nothing less. Now such a great thing. So, what is the specific bir? So they asked Nabi Rasulullah. What is this bir and this virtue of hajj? Now again, to understand it in that same context, a person going for hajj, hajj is once in a lifetime first. And hajj is only in the specific Mubarak places. So now, they in these Mubarak lands, we think about our mind will go directly to Tawaf, to Sa'i, to the rites of hajj on the five days. The Sahaba asked Wama Birruha Ya Rasulullah. So Nabi Islam mentioned three things. Now this is what's going to make the Hajj Mabrur. Going to fill it with Bir. Fill it with virtue. And which is going to bring that reward. And when that Hajj becomes Mabrur, that is that Hajj will be the transforming Hajj. Now a person cannot expect it to be Mabrur, that if he is missing his Salah, he will become Mabrur. He can do everything else, he will not be Mabrur. 
He cannot expect that he's being mabroor and he's committing sin. That he's not guarding his gaze, he's listening to something wrong, or various other things, he's talking things which are impermissible, getting involved in the rebirth. Then no matter what else he does, together with this it can never become mabroor. So obviously this goes without saying, that he's going to do all the things that are necessary, he's going to refrain from everything that is forbidden. But there's something, together with all this, something specifically being highlighted, that will truly make this mabroor. What is that? So they asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, So in one riwayat there are two things mentioned, in another riwayat there is a third thing mentioned. The three things that were mentioned in total, if Shaul Salam, wait Amut Ta'am, or Tibul Kalam. If Shaul Salam, spreading Salam. Now we're talking about going for Hajj. Hajj can only happen in the Mubarak lands. And Salam you can make anywhere in the world. But the highlight of Hajj is Shaul Salam. Now this is going to make it Maburur. We pass millions of people all the time. But Hamad Salam, Ifshaw Salam. Because Salam is a very deep thing. No time to get into that topic. But this is in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives us the command of Salam. Make Salam. You enter your home, make Salam. It'll be barakat. So in any case, Ifshaw Salam. The other thing, it's Amut Ta'am. Feeding. Feeding how much? No specification. Whatever a person can manage. Doesn't have to be filling somebody's stomach also. Feed little bit too. Can feed whenever, how many? Somebody can feed ten people, somebody can feed one person, he'll feed one person. He can feed one person one day, he'll give one day. There's no specification. It's not anything that's qualified that it must be so much, it must be so many people. It's arm of arm. And Table kalam, talking kind words. Now, the sum total in all these things are what? All these things are such actions that create muhammad. Shaw salam, you make salam to somebody, it likes his face up. And walk past the person without salam, it will break his heart. If especially there's some kind of familiarity, people know one another. That too has been described in the Hadith Sharif as a sign of qiyamah. That people only make salam to those who they know. Otherwise he can see a Muslim, all the signs of a Muslim are there, but he doesn't know who he is. I don't know him, so I don't do salam to him. That's a sign of qiyamah. But now salam, salam says Muhammad, awala adullukum ala shayin, idha fa'altumuhu tahababtum, afshu salam abaynakum. That means also see the prescription for Muhammad, salam. Hit'am ta'am, feeding somebody, then let alone feeding friends, the person feeds his enemy too, he'll quieten down. You just, I say that if he's talking too much, then feed him more, he'll keep quiet because mouth will be full. So feeding has a natural effect of creating muhabbat. But obviously all these things will be done with the class. For the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And together with this, the third thing that is mentioned, feeble kalam. Talking kind words, talking good things that engender muhabbat, that bring about good feeling. So now when a person is going for hajj, such a great ibadat, Nabi Islam is saying, these are the highlights. 
Because the hadith goes without saying he's going to make tawaf, he's going to make sa'i, he's going to fulfill the rights of hajj. That he will do, what one hajj is going for. That he will do. But these are the things that are going to make it the true hajj. That spirit of hajj will come through these things. Now, these aspects that have been mentioned here, again on the same note, wala jidala fil hajj. Allah Ta'ala says, don't dispute in hajj. Nabi Islam is saying, wattibul kalam. Akshus salam, ifshaw salam, keeping you salam, so you'll have muhabbat. Now, tibul kalam. Why tibul kalam? Why that is being highlighted? Because the kiss will come. Somebody will come and cut the queue. Somebody would now conduct themselves in a manner that they shouldn't. Somebody will cause some disturbance. Somebody will become the cause of some delay somewhere. Now he's traveling, he's traveling with people he doesn't know who they are. He's traveling with people from different parts of the world. Each one got their own habits and ways and their own uh, manner of doing things. He doesn't know who the person is, doesn't know his language, doesn't know his name, but he's been told to take salam. Doesn't matter who he is, but he's your neighbor now, he's sitting next to you, or he's in the same spot, feed him something. Talk to him in kind words. So the test that might come, a person is what himself mentally ready for it, that come what may, I'm going to conduct myself in such a way that no dispute with anybody. In a way that I am engaging in those amal that are supposed to be engaged in, staying away from everything else. In particular, guarding the gaze, guarding the tongue. And whether it is Hajj, whether it is Umrah, in these particular times, there are two T's if a person looks after. The two T's he looks after, generally these two T's, then he, inshallah, everything else will fall in place very easily. The two T's, no coffee in between. One is the tea of time, and the other is the tea of the tongue. The tea of time, that he looks after his time. To look after the time, what is very important is to program oneself. Set out a target of amal. Now, person is going to go Madinah Sharif, how many days I'm going to be here? Minimum so many khatam that I must make in the Haram Sharif, all the better. Otherwise, here, in all the time put together. But so many khatam, I'm going to be here for, I know my capacity, I can decide maybe uh, 10 paras a day comfortably, then I will set a target of 12 paras. Somebody's capacity is to get set 5 paras a day, maybe he's on the school, not that fluent, so he must set a target of 7 paras. So now he's going to try to meet the target. So that will keep him occupied correctly. So to set the target, so much of tilawat daily I must make. In Madinah Manawara, excessive Duru Sharif. That tasbih counter, keep it in our hand. Keep it on the hand. Now I'll say, but now somebody will see the tasbih counter. And one person said, Rasul Mahadol, Haksar, Alhamdulillah, he advised him, keep the tasbih in your hand and walk. So he said, now people start thinking good of me. So he said, what you want people to think bad of you? If they think good of you, that they do, you don't think good of yourself. You don't think that's wrong for you to think good of yourself. But this is a prescription to keep all the various other temptations out. So you keep the tasbih in your hand. Now the person, whatever his situation was. So likewise we keep the tasbih counter. It's very snug in the hand. But that will be the reminder. That is the muzakkir. It will remind. 
that I must keep myself occupied. Now the person is walking, coming, going to the Haram Sharif, into the room. In the Haram Sharif he's seated there. Sometimes he's just seated and doing nothing. Here the person is in the masjid, he's got the niyat of nafil atikaf, he'll still get that reward also. He's in the masjid, mashallah. That, but then in that time he could be still doing something more. So that will be mine. I must keep reciting Guru Sharif. People, mashallah, recite many, many thousands of Guru Sharif daily. There are many people, alhamdulillah, let alone in when they go for Hajj or Umrah or they were on a daily basis. Somebody reciting 10,000, somebody 15,000 Guru Sharif, somebody more. So those who apply themselves, Allah, Allah opens it up for them. And they manage to do it together with everything else, not that they doing nothing else. Together with everything else, they manage doing this, 15,000 Guru Sharif daily. So we try to maximize the Guru Sharif in Madina Munawara. In Makkah Mukarrama, the Kalima to recite more is the third kalima subhanallah walhamdulillah wa la ilaha illallah wallahu akbar and any other zikr tasbihat etc person keeps himself with that his tilawat both these mubarak places and especially the five days of hajj all those places are places of dua dua and excess of dua in arafat the dua of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the calculation of it which the ulama have deduced turns out to approximately five hours of dua. Five hours of dua, Nabi Islam performed his Zuhar and Asr together in the time of Zuhar, and then from that time till the time of sunset, because then Maghrib was performed in Muzdalifa. From that time till sunset was continuous dua. So, this is a time of dua, and as much as dua as we can make, Dua for ourselves, for our families, for the entire Ummah and how in need is the Ummah of this Dua so we should never ever let these opportunities of Dua go keep ourselves occupied in these Amal take along the Fadail Hajj read it from time to time, the relevant sections that we keep reminding us, refreshing those lessons in this way inshallah that time that we spent in this manner, in a programming ourselves in the five days of Hajj other times as well we try to avoid sitting in too much company somebody one two people yeah, grouping up with who are motivated to keep engaged in amal fine that's enough sitting and having long chats with people and so on that tea of time will get destroyed and the other tea is the tea of tongue the person looks after the tea of the time and the tea of the tongue this is where a person slips. So all the amal that are being done, then it gets lost by the tongue. Person gets involved in now rebirth, other kind of nonsensical talk. People get involved in now one thing leads to another. Before a person knows it, he's now talking things which should never be brought of the tongue. So the key of the time is the key of the tongue. And in this way a person keeps conscious of this. The very important thing in all these times also is to keep making the one is Toba and Istighfar from everything, the Azam, the determination that now my life must become a life that is in accordance with the commands of Allah Ta'ala, in accordance with the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That Azam, repeatedly making that pledge to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, I'm going to now change my life for the better, progress in life. So this is the true progress that we get closer to Allah Ta'ala. These are few things that whatever came to mind Allah Ta'ala put these are things that we need to inshallah bear in mind the main things as I mentioned the fazail had to read that very well take it along as well 
and those recordings that we mentioned, we try to listen to those. There are many practical lessons in there, practical uh, guidelines of how we should be conducting the time and in terms of the five days of Hajj, what's to be done, how it's to be done. The Masail obviously we need to brush up on that too. We would have heard some talks on the Masail or read up some authentic books on the Masail. Inshallah this will infuse the spirit of Hajj and inshallah that Hajj Makbul Mabrur will be granted to us. Allah will accept each one's Hajj. Allah will make it Makbul and Mabrur and make it a means of every khair and barakat. And Allah will make it a means of hidayah for the entire ummah. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil Obviously, Masail, etc., who we mentioned that that's Katira for listen to other talks. On the general aspects, if there's anything anybody wants to ask, if there's anything that wants some clarity on, can answer it will try, inshallah. Allah Dalla Mikhail inshallah, Allah Dalla اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك زغ الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله